Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Danny Kelly was with us, it being a Monday, and oh, we yeah. reflected on the Premier League weekend, covered all the ground for you. Uh, Andy hoovered up Friday night because he was there at Brentford. We talked mm-hmm. about that at the top of the show, amongst other things. Um, we also brought you some clips of the week, Pewter. And we were joined in the studio by the front man of Dexy's Midnight Runners, Kevin Rowland, uh, talked a bit of Wolves... Yeah, uh, the remix of uh, their, their hit album too. Right, he was on great form, wasn't he? He was, and very well turned out. Sartori, Andy, didn't you think? I he thought put so. us I loved, to shame. His, sh- I loved yeah. his shirt. Actually, he looked, it was yeah. great. He always does look <laughs> a million dollars. Anyway, uh, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Uh, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And the producer John has decided that Brentford Brighton was too long ago for it to come feature yes. in our chat with Danny. So I have to do it. Yeah, well, you know, it was a good game. Three days, three days is a long time in football. Yeah, do you want to yeah. do it with Danny or do you want to do it now? Yeah, I'll do it now. You get it out of the way yeah. now. It was a good game. Uh, the sober twin turned up, not the one that's always hammered. Yeah, in case you've not been following this story, two <laughs> twins share a seat there, Andy. It's one's always funny. drunk, one doesn't drink. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> no, it's such a difference. They look exactly the same. You can't tell. But you the can... only way you can tell is when the match starts, right. how they are, and then you can see. Okay. And uh, Can't you smell them coming in? Don't you get drunk by osmosis? I can't. My sense of They come and terrible. sit there. No, 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 no. Okay, and uh, Dominic Holland's brother, the comedian Dominic Holland. Oh, yeah. yeah his brother was there. He came and said, Hello, he's a massive Spider Man's uncle. Spider Man's uncle. I did yeah. say to him, I, I hope your nephew will keep you in a manner to which you've never been accustomed. To <laughs> he's a bit mad. And Sai Ben Rama was sitting in uh, Matthew Benham's box, he was saying, yeah. thing, which is actually directly above us. And I said, to him, We've actually got a better view where we sit than the, uh, the director's box. But there you go, really. Yeah, I didn't so that's not, the game. I wasn't aware of the bad blood <laughs> between Matthew Benham and Tony Bloom. No, I, know, I heard about this on the while I was listening to Talksport on yeah. the way to the match. They, and, they, uh, they yeah, sort of they fell out, didn't they, years ago? That's why he was standing with the Brighton fans, right? The yeah, goal. yeah, didn't want to be in the old uh, he worked for him, Benham worked for him, I believe. Yeah. So, what about yeah. that? Yeah, uh, anyway, so you enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the game. Uh, Wednesday, yes. they, isn't it Brentford versus Chelsea? Yes, I have to be very zen when that happens I have to everybody around the they all know yeah, and they ideally all... you want sober twin for that game not drunk twin <laughs> turning on you definitely. if you go 3-0 up <laughs> that's not going to happen uh, <laughs> especially if Chelsea played like they did yesterday yeah. it's uh, it's going to be a tight game and uh, I think Brentford looked in form and uh, 
But I, I just basically just sit there and I don't, you know, I can't sort of get too excited one way or another. I mean, last year, what was but the score last year when one Chelsea played Chelsea? I managed it last year, sat on my what hands did you when do? score, just sat there going... It's not easy in the oh, moment. That's unlucky. When I found myself in the sort of director's, no, when I found myself in the director's seats the other day at the Brighton Spurs mm. game, when um, when Son scored that uh, that goal, I thought it was a goal. The one he curled it. Yeah, I was up. You can't help yourself, no, can no. you? It's well, very you, hard you, in the moment. Yeah. Not. I can. Yeah, I kind of. I was right. I have to help myself. I went halfway up and then sort of sat down again. You know, it's, it's difficult. I'll be fine. Yeah, good. Okay, I'll be fine anyway. But I will be fine. Yeah, I'm sure so. they won't turn. If it's like six or seven nil, you may have to leave early. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, Danny Kelly's going to be joining us uh, shortly. One of the other big stories they were they were once called the Posh and Becks of Italy. Francesco Totti, of course, Italian mm. football legend, is split up. Uh, with his wife, uh, he's a TV presenter, Ilari Blasi, and um, Soul Blasi, as Fred <laughs> Truman would <laughs> That's say. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but they've fallen out, and um, one of the reasons they've, well, they've fallen, they're getting divorced, you know, clearly wouldn't be doing that otherwise. But um, yeah, she's taken all the Rolexes, his watches out of the safe, and he has commandeered all of her many designer handbags. Mm, yes. So we have a. I've got uh, a feeling that you'd have to have a lot of handbags to equal the Rolexes, though they are expensive. Yeah, you've seen how much the, the Quality, oh yeah, the, oh, the yeah, expensive yeah. Hamburg. Yeah. Hamburg. <laughs> I'm so football. How many hamburgs have you got? But anyway, um, reason I bring this up is that you know it's a bit of a dark subject. We can bring a bit of levity to it, hopefully. Uh, that sometimes when you split up in a relationship, there is a bit of a car- bit of carving up to do, and it, it can mm. get petty and some weird, yeah. wonderful things. You can. I mean, it used to be Andy when we were kids. The the record collection. Didn't yeah, it? The it would be that would be a big, big thing, deal. Yeah. That I think I bought that uh, Duran Duran. Well, I think I bought it. The George Benson's <laughs> mine. The Dex's uh, Two Royale. That's mine. So um, you don't got to worry about that anymore because it's all digital, isn't it? Mm, Not true. a problem. So that's one aspect gone, which was always a bit of a touchstone of. A sp- anyway, if you found yourself in that situation, uh, do let us know. Rolexes versus handbags equivalent. As the Posh and Becks of Italy go their separate ways. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine. Tweet to T S H and J. I've noticed a new thing that goalkeepers. Have you seen this? Pickford is. You, you were there on Saturday. I was. It's. I'm calling it the directed punch. Yes. Like a pass. So when you go to punch the ball, yeah. instead of using your fist, punching it as far as you can, going for distance, you try and direct it into the path of one of your teammates. Yeah. Risky. Very risky. I've seen a few keepers do that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time now to round up the weekend's Premier League action. As always, Danny Kelly joins us. Good afternoon, Dan. Hey, Paul, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, we're watching Ireland play Zimbabwe in the cricket. It's not been a great day for Ireland so far, but the tail is wagging. Um, they still need probably they six. They need 36 off the last day, but they're not going to get that. <laughs> no, they're not. You're Paul, cr- I, I, I had a moment uh, of ex- extraordinary non-clarity re- involving you over the weekend. Um. Um, I, I have, my mind has the propensity, those of you who listened to me over the years will know, to, to, make, to add two and two and make seven. Um, so first of all, I think that, you know there's Paul watching Spurs mm. from a from a from a boardroom box. Okay, <laughs> the next thing there is a change. There is mm. a change in Spurs' ownership. Joe Lewis is no longer the official <laughs> owner, and for a few glorious seconds, I thought, "Oh, Paul owns Spurs now." Yeah. <laughs> um, but it turns out not to be true, even with the Talksport millions. Next I time, you know, Joe, is that true? Is that Joe Lewis well, no longer the owner? Pa- no, no. I think they've basically they've got trustees. They've got two people mm-hmm. that have been involved before. I th- I th- according. Okay. 
to one or two people in the know, it won't it, really change the way the club is no, run. No, it, it won't, it won't. But it, it, it does mean that his name, you know when you go to a pub and you check the name of who's a... But mm. Frankly, in my youth, you check to see that the names were Irish and then you know you get a decent pint. <laughs> um, but but it turns, it, it, it is the lawyer who runs one of his trusts is now the name above the, above the door. Wow. Um, although in, in, you know... Let's hope it doesn't happen for, for many, many, many years. If something was to happen to Joe, I think his daughter Valerie, as I understand it, would be uh, the person who would suddenly be the uh, Spurs owner. Yeah, easy anyway. song for the fans if she it does get be, the yeah, job. That would yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, what would that be then? Yeah. <laughs> now, we always put um, yeah. someone or something or an entity or whatever in the barrel. Oh, yeah. Um, something that deserves a yeah. bit of uh, scrutiny. And uh, Leicester were in there fairly recently. Can we, we put Barcelona in there? I know they're not, this is not no, our area. No, we yeah. sadly not. Well, we did think of putting, uh, basically at, at uh, three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, we were going to put um, Leicester versus Crystal Palace in there. Because we'd enjoyed that game, yeah. Yes, indeed. So, But we didn't. Um, in the no. end, um, this is who's in the barrel. It's, it's, it's officialdom. Yeah. Not necessarily the referees, because they find themselves at the sharp end having to deal with some fairly crackpot laws and lots of inconsistency and lots of other things besides. But um, that's where we'll start, and we will chat to Mark Halsey about this from a technical point of view later on. But Danny, yeah, a, a tricky yeah. weekend, another tricky weekend for officialdom. Look, um, it, it, it should have been a week when we were reflecting on that Leicester game notwithstanding. Some amazingly intense games of football that make you see why globally the Premier League is so popular. Um, but of course, the whole thing dominated again um, by, you're absolutely right, not just referees missing things or making the wrong decisions, but then either being pulled out of the fire in, the, in a positive way by VAR or often just being left, you know, backed up by VAR officials who haven't got the courage to say, no, mate, you've got that wrong. Mm. Um, I mean, look, when I was screaming for VAR to come in years ago, and uh, lots of people screamed for it, but nobody was screaming louder than me. I was doing a very loud scream, banging on the desk there at Talk Sport. It's because I, I had, with the introduction of multiple camera angles, I'd come to the conclusion that most of the football matches I'd seen as a youngster and over the past four decades had been decided by refereeing decisions. I, just, I didn't know it because there wasn't replays. But we're now full circle again, and I'm seeing games being decided by VAR and not VAR decisions um, that make you think, oh, we're almost, and we had a chance, didn't we? We had a chance at Elland Road um, to go back to just refereeing without the VAR, but they decided not to take it. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, the interesting thing about Anthony Taylor yesterday, and, and Neil Warner was saying he had a great game, and he has been refereeing well, and it certainly was a wonderful game to watch. But the one problem with doing refereeing a game like that is if the VAR isn't on the same wavelength. Because as soon as you, as soon as a goal scored and there was a foul involved in the build-up, which he would have let go, the VAR, because he's not on the same page as Anthony Taylor, thinks it was a foul. You know, you're either going to referee a match like that, and so is the VAR, or you're not. Otherwise, what's the point of Taylor refereeing the match like that? Because as soon as there's a goal, it's going to be disallowed. Yeah, there's a point Bernardo Silva made and a few other people have as well, really. Well, I mean, the, the VAR could have saved the referee a lot of, and, a lot, and us a lot of discussion there, by giving the foul on the goalkeeper then you wouldn't have had the discussion about how far back you have to go because it was two yeah. fouls, wasn't there? Well, well we understand. That's we understand that's debatable as well. Well, well yeah. I mean, according to, according to VAR, according to Stockley Park, both of those were reasons why the goal was ruled out. The shirt pull on Fabinho and the fact it was in 
Alison's hands. So, so either one of those would have counted to cook, rule the goal. But it's also out. when you randomly give one. There were moments in that match where he let yeah. everything go, let everything go, and then suddenly he gives a foul and everybody's really up in arms because suddenly it, he's randomly given a foul. Yeah. You, you know, in the end, a foul is a foul. You've got to give them. You know, it's all very well. You, going into a, ref, into a game with preconceived ideas, I think, is a mistake. I mean, it was... I mean, it, it, and of course, it was it was the non-giving of a foul for one of his, for one of his players that drove Jurgen Klopp over over the edge. I mean, I mean, it's not a good yeah. look. I love Jurgen Klopp. I think he's a great man. Um, but uh, the, the, there was a photograph in one of the papers this morning, um, and on on the internet, where because of his size and because of his teeth, he looked like he was going to eat the fourth official. <laughs> it's, it is not but even a good he says look. he knows it doesn't look right. He yeah. didn't admit no, no, we'll be taking the against cannibalism soon on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the edges of the pitch. You can't have that. Yeah. The, I mean, it's a great. It was a great game. The atmosphere was amazing, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, I mean, the quite. I mean, let's let's yeah. talk about that because in the course of chatting about the games, we will mm. touch on a lot of the aspects we've been, dis- been discussing. Yeah, yeah. But let's look at the positives of this game. Fantastic game of football, uh, uh, high quality. Uh, you know, incredible. It changed, though, it, it, it changed on that goal because because the minute that goal was disallowed, the atmosphere went up about ninety eight percent. Yeah, and it was incredible. And then from that point, the momentum changed. I thought Harlan had a really poor yeah. game. But a lot like of that the way was, he did against Liverpool. A lot of that was to do with... He's useless. With, with, <laughs> not, but, you know, he didn't play well yesterday. I mean, it was a lot of that to do with the way that the, 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 the Liverpool back four worked and the way mm. specifically Gomez played him. You were saying you thought against Martinelli he was good when yeah, he came on. Yeah, I think on. Gomez is in form. He must be, you know, with is James it, out, he must have a chance. Has he got him. a chance? Has he got enough yeah. games then to, to squeeze his way into the squad, you reckon? Um... It depends on, 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 on what uh, what the, the news is about James. We don't know for sure that he's out of the World Cup, do we, Andy? Mm, well, we don't, but it looks like no. it. Yeah. Whereas know, Trent, the... Of course, Trent came on yesterday, so he will he will go. So will Trippier, who look, you know Trippier could be starting the second World Cup in succession. Mm. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure. There's so many right backs that it's true. I'm not certain what's going yeah, to be happening. Is, you know, you can cover yeah. at centre back as well. Yeah. well, and that's a reason why you would take him. Yes. And with 26 players, um, and I, I presume we're going to discuss Ivan Tony a little later, mm. with 20, even though he didn't play at the, at the week weekend because he played on Friday, with 26 players, he does have a little bit more room for manoeuvre. Why not Gomez? Um, but, you know, you're right. If Haaland had had his heading boots on, if that's not a contradiction in terms, mm. yeah. they probably would have won the game. We're talking um, of that, though, Jota, he, he, uh, <laughs> it always happens. Uh, he should have headed it down, and Gary Neville said, he's got to head it down because I go, Winnie. <laughs> Oh yeah, which, you, well, which we ought to explain to Danny. That will take is. that will take a very long time, and I think the music's playing. But maybe if we've got a spare five minutes, it's Kevin Keegan and Winnie the Pooh. It's a long story, Danny. He's giving anyway, Winnie the yeah. Pooh heading lessons. He was giving Winnie, Winnie the Pooh's got a big honey pot in his head. He was on Disney Club, yeah, and he's saying, "Head it down, so when, Winnie. Head it down." So, so we're not going to explain this because of the music, except for the actual explanation. Oh yeah, well, uh, that was we very to. trunk, and it can get half an hour on the after dinner circuit <laughs> oh, yeah. out of that story. <laughs> we're moving um, to Leeds. Now. We are moving to Leeds, where. Uh, um, a lot of frustration at Leeds, who had a fair bit of the game. Arsenal weren't at their best, but that is a mark of a, of a team yeah, not playing. Arteta is classic, isn't he? So oh, we found a way to win. You think, yeah, by Bamford missing a penalty. That's how you found a way to win. <laughs> don't, don't mention it, though, because it never happened. I mean, this was the one where, uh, of course, the gods of football, uh, who we adore, uh, arranged <laughs> it that there's an opportunity for VAR to not be used, but decide, no, we'd rather delay the public by half an hour and have VAR. 
Um, and then it goes on to, you know, again and again and again to prove the referee wrong half the time. I mean, VAR, the, the, the sending off, the rescinding of the sending off. Saliba's handball was given. Others weren't. It was it was a mad game yeah. from that point of view. And and you're right, Leeds, this is, this is you know, about patterns, isn't it? Leeds are now a team who are dominating chunks of football matches and not winning them. Mm. Arsenal are finding ways to get through and win them. I mean, and Paul, I, I, I don't. Now that I know you're not the owner of Spurs, I feel safe. I can say this. <laughs> um, the you know nine wins from ten at the start of a season. Yeah. Arsenal will now have to have to have to break records to not be champions of England. They'll be the first team to have the start this good and not win it. They won't win it. I don't think you so. Don't, I don't, no, I don't. No, it was a great finish by Saka, though. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and Bamford player, was unlucky as well with the disallowed goal. I mean, the shoulder charge on Gabriel for the first one. The second one was definitely yeah. a foul. Yeah. And they the first got one that right. wasn't exactly yeah. Nat Loftus, was it? It wasn't, it wasn't that hard a challenge. No, the St. John's Ambulance wasn't yeah. called for the defender, was it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, another game that was played... And we will get on to the to the Leicester game eventually. Another game that was played with astonishing intensity. Mm. I mean, it was like two lots of bees um, <laughs> have been have been disturbed in rival hives going at it. Yeah, West Side Story for bees. It was. It, I, I really enjoyed the game. I mean, the intensity of all mm. the matches as a general theme is is something yeah. else. But uh, the, the the flip side of that is what we're seeing. We're seeing with Richarlison. We're seeing with James. We all thought it was going to be a great World Cup because everybody would have had eight, ten weeks' worth of games. But what's happening, of course, is that they're squeezing more games into a shorter space of time and players are getting muscle injuries. And players it, are getting injuries. It is interesting. I mean, I've made this observation about World Cups before, but Martin Samuel was saying about Liverpool City, he said, you won't see a game as good as that in the World Cup. No. He's absolutely right, of course. Yeah. No, well, you know, the, the Premier League has sucked uh, the vast majority of the great players of the world uh, play, playing in the Premier League and so the standard is just extraordinarily high and as well as you're right Paul uh, to say that the Constantine the season everybody knows you've got to get the points this side of the World Cup because you don't know what the football will be like on the far side of it so there's extra intensity to the games that may be contributing to these injuries The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast Southampton 1 West Ham 1 and we think the game has become Danny so much more sophisticated but we still occasionally get a mention of Fred Carno's army or the Keystone Cops and then good old David Moyes slung in the referee Need, or the VAR should have gone to spec savers. It's, it's great, isn't it? The referee needs glasses. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, I, I always think about when they say that, the referee could be wearing contact lenses. You don't know what <laughs> he he's done be. to adjust Which his sight, he could have got you? from spec savers, because <laughs> I believe Absolutely. they do offer that service. <laughs> oh, and they, and they do a hearing aid test now free of charge <laughs> as well. <laughs> all good news. It's all good news for them. He was very upset, and he's got a point. It's that thing we were talking yeah. about consistency earlier. We saw Mitrovic in the, in the yeah. Bournemouth game, and Gary O'Neill will come on that wasn't happy about that penalty. Yet, um, with a free kick into the box, Thomas Suchek is wrestled with the ground. Nothing. So normally over the course of a weekend, over the course of a weekend, it is Jesse from the Far Show. This week we are mostly giving penalties mm. for holding in the box. But they Paul, did on Saturday, didn't on Sunday. Paul, I mean, I, I, look, um, I have to be careful here because Johnny Vaughan uh, once taught, told me that anybody who mentions their martial arts background um, <laughs> is inevitably the person you want to avoid in the pub. Yep. But as a, a young and more lissom-limbed uh, fella, I did a bit of judo in my time. <laughs> uh, so, so watch out the two of you. I could have you mm. over that desk, no problem. <laughs> um, the actual movie did was Uchigari. 
That uh, throw was Uchigari that really? he did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know, I know, I know. H and J. I know H J. Like detailed. That was Uchigari, and would have and would have won the contest for it. Three points. <laughs> it's a right, real okay. three pointer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was ridiculous. And and all right, the referee might miss it. There's a lot going on in the corners. But for the VAR person, um, whoever it was, and wherever they're doing it these days, it's still Stockley Park. To sit there and go. No, that's not a penalty at all. That really isn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just nuts, isn't it? They've got old monitors at the Stockley Park, like they're old black and white things. You think they've got you old have to cathode, cathode ray? Cathode ray <laughs> something. Nice of um, Peter Banks to get in the way of Boeing, though, with uh, Southampton's goal. Fantastic man marking, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Really, was. very Italian in its style. <laughs> the Andy, would you like to tell Danny and the boys and girls what happened to you when you tried martial arts as a young kid? Ah. Oh yes. Um, well, very briefly, uh, my trousers fell down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't do his black belt up I tight enough, do, and he stood there on the mat in a competition. He did a Brian Rick. One for the teenagers, but well, uh, that might momentarily distract your opponent. But as a long-term strategy, I see no value in it at all. Bar would have missed it anyway. Uh, great strike by Declan Rice, though. So that's the my first goal in first Premier League goal in a year, which I was surprised at. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah well, he and Suchek. I mean, uh, if if anyone's going to go forward out of those two from their pivot, mm. um, it's always Suchek, isn't it? Because he's so deadly in the air. So De- Declan doesn't get very many opportunities to yeah. do that, but he clearly has the skill to do it. Um, and one thing about Declan Rice, when he scores a goal, he's not one of those who does a cut rather cool wave to the crowd. He does enjoy mm. the, the post the post goal celebration. And quite right too. It's a brilliant goal too. Very the, very well taken. We move on without the music to squeeze mm. in Aston yeah. Villa nil. Chelsea two. Well, that doesn't really tell the story of the game. No, maybe, if if Thomas Tuchel had picked Kepper instead of persevering with Mendy, he wouldn't have been sacked. Yeah. I was calling for it, wasn't I? I was yeah, Andy, years ago. Before I, I, he... show you, let me show you. I've written Andy was right on a piece of paper. There. <laughs> yeah. and now, my hand almost rejected a pen, but it did. I did manage to write. Andy was right. <laughs> no, it's true. couple but... of them. I mean, he's the goalkeeper. He's expected to make something. A couple of great saves. Yeah. Really good. Mm. Absolutely. And uh, Villa are a bit unlucky, I think. They were. I mean, he's only, I've seen, yeah. seen Gerald talking about taking all the heat. There was a bit of booing at the end, but... They did practically everything but score. They gave, they gifted him an early goal, which is the worst thing that could happen. Absolutely, but what was on display there, and, and maybe it's just a moment in time. I don't want to extrapolate too far from it. It's the difference between managers who are get who are having a good moment in time and managers having a bad moment in time. The things that Gerrard's decided to do in the in the, in the preseason, he takes the captaincy away from Mings. Mings for whatever reason, is not playing particularly well, makes that absolute rick for the first goal. He gives the captaincy to McGinn, and he's fallen out of form as well, so he has to keep substituting the captain. Meanwhile, Potter, seeing the problems in the first half, Andy, and they were terrible problems, mm. um, you know, alters the system and it works out much better. Ch- Chelsea mm. did probably were lucky to win the game. I mean, that, that is fair to say. Um, but, you know... Better the, in the second man, half. The, Definitely. Cucurella yeah. and Havertz were dreadful, though. I mean, he had to take them off, really. I don't. I, don't, I, I thought the choice of that back three was particularly odd. Yes, to start strange. With. Yeah. But you know, that's the problem with no Reese James. But let's move on. We will. Um, Manchester United nil. Newcastle uh, nil. I mean, the big talking point from Manchester United mm. had good chances at the end. Great head of mm. opportunity for Rashford at the end, and they they could have nicked it. Uh, Newcastle injuries sort of derailed them a little bit. St Maximum missing again um, but the talking point was of course Cristiano Ronaldo um, mm. trying to try, pull in a fast one effectively mm. claiming that the ball that we just played back for Pope to take that free kick meant the ball was live the referee disagreed it's always good to see that when players just stand around and somebody just puts it in the net and then huh? tests the it was like best the on banks without the contact it was a bit <laughs> yeah. wasn't it 
But 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 given the way the referees and the officials and VAR were working this weekend, why not have yeah. a go? Give them give them something. Mm. Test them out. See what they say. Um, it, it clearly wasn't. You know, the, the ball was just played back by the centre half to the goalkeeper to take the free kick. Now, why he took so long just standing there like a statue? Because Newcastle were in this game at all times. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't like he was uh, trying to keep the score down or w- wasting time to protect a lead. He just stood there until eventually Cristiano Ronaldo, who's played a lot of football, said, I'll put this in a goal and see what, see what mm. they come up with. Um, Cristiano had another brilliant thing. I mean, people, a friend of mine was saying to me, do you know, have we seen the best of him? Was his last great performance, that hat-trick, um, against Spurs at Old Trafford, which of course could get repeated on Wednesday, Paul. Be no. careful. I said no. His last great performance was when he got substituted this weekend, um, <laughs> because what a what a pu- a public display of dissatisfaction mm. that went on. It, it went on sat in the, uh, when it goes on in the chair. You think this is for the cameras now, isn't it? Yeah. Because you know, if, if you're not, you, you just slump down, you curse the manager under your breath, and you watch the rest of the game. But there was an awful lot performative. Is that the right word? Performative mm. stuff going on there with him. Um, and another good game that probably deserved a goal, I thought. Mm. Yes, um, one of my notes here reads like a school report. Double woodwork for Joe Linton. Yes, and there was yeah. double woodwork for Joe Linton. Yeah, that was a detention. Yeah. <clears throat> Varane on Wilson, though, wasn't that very similar to the Harry Kane one against Eintracht last week when he, he squeezed between two defenders? Yeah. Sort of put, I thought it was very I didn't similar. See, I didn't see a great deal of difference, but uh, and uh, maybe lacking a bit of guile without Ericsson. But does that, does, that, does that make you think it wasn't a penalty? No, it makes what me think we say? No, I'm, I oh, thought I it was a penalty. I, I thought, thought it both were I thought it could have been a penalty, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It, it was the worst yeah. decision of the weekend, the Varane one. As a general point, as we've been mm. talking about officials very quickly on this, is that, and I've seen Keith Hackett, the former head of referees, make this today, and I said it to Andy. When they go to monitors, the first thing, it should be protocol, they shouldn't have to ask for it. The first two times they see any incident they're being asked to look at, they've got to watch it in real time. So before Fair they enough, watch Paul, it in yeah. slow-mo, yeah, they've got to watch it at least once in real time. And let let that... Everything's a foul in slow motion. Yeah, of course. So they often go over to a freeze frame at the moment of when it looks really bad and it's worse. Yes, exactly. A freeze frame or a slow motion. The VAR wants to make you know doesn't want to be overruled himself. so he he gives himself the best. They're like two people fighting to make their point. That's not what it should be. They're supposed to be a team. So it's not Mm, you trying to get one over on someone. So they overrule it and you look good. It should be about getting the right decision. So let's. And also, you've got very quickly, you've got that situation now where you've got senior referees in the truck. Yeah. And people trying to make their living, making their way in the Premier League, going over to there's also a power imbalance as well. Yeah. Um I don't I don't think we should know who is who is the, the official in the truck. And so um and also I saw Danny Mills they calling for players to sit beside them. Um, yeah. it's all it's all getting yeah, they won't be biased or anything like that. For no their own teams. No, Brilliant. no, quiet. Let's move on then to Spurs to Everton nil again. It could have been so different. Everton taking their chances in the first half. I'll lead off uh, with short legs on referees. At one point, uh, mm. Tottenham had a free kick that uh, thankfully Harry Kane was pushed away from, and and, and Sonny did took one it. of his classics yeah. over the bar. You knew it was. We play over the bar into the wall now with a Harry Kane free kick. What's it going to be? And we have a look around. <laughs> what about you, sir? I'm going over the bar. I'm going yeah. into the wall. Um, Five and- years is it? 
Since yes, for free kick. <laughs> it is. Paul Tierney marked out 10 yards in the way that Ernie yeah. Wise would mark out <laughs> 10 yards. Yeah. And then, of course, Sonny had a wall about a foot from him. I mean, it didn't excuse yeah. the fact he hit their knees with it. But One, um, one, of, one of the members of the wall was behind him by the time he took it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just think referees were short legs. I looked at his stride pattern. I thought, no, Paul, you're really going to have to stretch it. Like you're a five-year-old in the playground trying to walk with big strides. Uh, but look, it's a, it's a minor he, point. He did, Paul, he did well, Paul Tierney, to book Betancourt for playing the ball. Yeah, was that, tremendous was, that was good. He booked him. The reason he booked him is because the player stayed down. They had to get the trainer on. That was the only reason he got yeah. booking for playing the ball. Uh, the other thing was, when I'm sitting in the stadium, everybody's saying, or everybody on social media saying, Kane dived. And I watched it back and I thought, wasn't that no. clear cut, was mm. it? I mean, there was some contact there. I mean, Chris it wasn't, and Sutton. Did you, th- did you think let's, it was a dive, Andy? I, I, know, I actually remember that moment. When, when did that It was happen? when Pickford plowed into Kane oh, for, the, for the goal, for the penalty. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. miss that? I must have missed it. Where did you think they got a penalty <laughs> Paul, then? Paul, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was a penalty. You didn't? Because, oh, okay. Maybe, I missed no, that. I think... Oh, because, well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> because, because Pickford's arm catches Kane's calf mm. and his head catches Kane's thigh. It was two penalties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't there for a minute. I thought, no, blimey. no. Spurs when did you should stop be given two penalties. <laughs> that won't ever happen. Evan had two great chances in the first half with Anana and and who um, oh, was the first one? Uh, Damari Gray. Damari Gray. Gray. Two yeah. great chances is, and, and could have been two near one. When, could have been when a I leave game. Chelsea, when I when I walk back to Fulham Road, you, they park the practice goals against one of the walkways. Yeah, and I often stand there and look at the goal. Especially when Werner was playing again. Yeah. How do they miss? Honestly, <laughs> it's, huge. it's huge. Absolutely <laughs> huge, aren't they? they are. The pressure to being chased down by a bloke who's the same size as you in well, front of 60,000 people. The, the maybe. first time... First time Mourinho invented the phrase parking the bus, I thought, buses aren't big enough to defend something as big as that goal, <laughs> no, that, are they? Look at the size true. of the thing. Um, the, uh, also, uh, Tottenham much better with the three uh, when they were forced to yep. change. Uh, Richarlison, God bless him, is not good on the right of that three. It's not really worked. But I don't doubt for a minute, as soon as Kulisevsky's fit, they'll be going back to 3-4-3 three, three He's again. a big miss, though. He is, absolutely. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Fulham 2, Bournemouth. Two uh, again, another uh, fine performance, really, to go at Fulham and get a result for Gary O'Neill. Yeah, they they have to give him the job, but still wait yeah. to the end of the season. That's yeah. my view. That's it. Whether Gary's prepared to do that, he has stepped down, Gary, apparently from running an under nine team, uh, under nines team in Kent that he was running, but he couldn't juggle the two jobs. That's Danny, fair enough. So he's <laughs> he has kind of thrown his lot in with Bournemouth, old Gary there. But <laughs> you can't argue. I mean, the Solanke goal is a lovely finish, a good start by them, and uh, he's doing very well. Yeah, and last week I said I wouldn't give him the job, but uh, you, as the weeks go by, and incidentally, why are Bournemouth doing a Spurs-style sw- sweep of the earth? For uh, surely, you, you, if you if you let managers go, you have somebody lined up. But if, but the longer they leave it, the more they. Uh, Andy's right; it's absolutely inevitable they have to give him the job now. Yeah. Is that six undefeated? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, that that's pretty good. And the Bournemouth players, I saw Dominic Solanke being interviewed afterwards. Um, eyes lit up at the prospect of Gary being the full-time manager. Mm. Um, so I think if the boards, if if they do think it's a problem giving giving in the job, it's partly a problem of their own making for not moving quickly enough to replace him. And and now they now they've got you know themselves into a jam if that's what it is. 
Yeah, I'm pleased for Solanke because mm. when he was at Chelsea, I saw a lot of him when he was a kid, and of course he'd won the under 17s with England, and he just looked a real prospect. Then he decided to leave; was disappointed. He went to Liverpool; that was a disaster. It seemed to be a disaster going to Bournemouth, but suddenly he's grown and he's just coming in. He's getting to that age now where strikers really well, an, do start to mature. This is another one that had been talking about. You know, square all these people that can force their way into the England squad. That might be that might be a touch difficult, really, at this late stage. Yeah, but this is something that Gary's done. I mean, you know, we always think about Billings mm. as a midfield player by pushing the <clears> huge <throat> player up mm. front. And I think he's helped Solanke a lot where perhaps um, Dominic lacks, you know, 1% of kind of massive physical presence. Billings is doing that gig for him now. And he's running on and, and, and as Andy says, seems to be finding the goal scoring. Um, not much of a chore, frankly. Really good. Yes, indeed. And Mitrovic, there were two penalty incidents, weren't there, in that game? Mitrovic really bought his, but the one on Fredericks uh, uh, by... Oh, God, I can't even read my own writing now, but I remember it. That, that was no pen, apparently. And, they, you know, again, you do wonder. But I suppose that they are objective, subjective. Yeah, Mitrovic, just to keep the detail up, was a minor throw known as Obi Otoshi. Um, <laughs> possibly, possibly, possibly Sumi Otoshi, but oh. if you just say Otoshi at a dinner party, no one will laugh at you. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> good. Good knowledge, good thing to take yeah. into the next dinner party. Uh, we yeah. should move on to Wolves. One, Nottingham Forest, nil. And, of course, the little uh, subplot to this was the... Um, social media post by uh, Nottingham Forest uh, earlier on in the day that seemed to upset Wolves, mm. and the, for the manager said they, or the player said they fed off of it. They fed off of the slight uh, from uh, the. Can, uh, you rem- Forest. can you remind me what the slight was, Paul? I think it was a picture of. It was a picture of. Um, I can't remember. The, I should have a picture of it somewhere. But the, mm. they were they were petting some wolves, mm. and oh, so oh, like oh, it was, oh. you know, it was all going to be pretty yeah. easy for them. And then we had um, we had a, a, an axe in a tree. The, the idea of the forest being shot oh, down yeah, yeah, as a reply later on that day but it's interesting to admit that the players took umbrage and uh, we should we should salute Sar, who's uh, even with a broken wrist operating with one arm in goal can never be easy but uh, a great penalty save and a, and a game changer really from their point of view he's been who knew that they were that they were going to have a, an upgrade in goal but they have absolutely brilliant um, so far uh, in his time at Wolves. I wonder if they were more inspired, uh, the Wolves players, by the prospect of the return of Nuno, because that seems to be what's going to happen. Yeah, um, that'll really improve the entertainment factor. <laughs> it's interesting, Gary Lineker saying what we said about handball, just go back to the old rule. And Steve Cook, who played in the match, yes. this is a current professional footballer, mm. comes out after the game and says, I don't understand the handball rule. I mean, that is ridiculous. I mean, between Kalina and Ellery, what they've done, if you've got a professional player saying he doesn't understand it, how's anybody else going to? It's chronic, isn't it? Nobody understands it. I mean, and, you know, Dermot Gallagher is a great friend of TalkSport and a great friend of your show, Mm. and I've worked with him many times myself. What he's been asked to defend now on Monday mornings on Sky Television is, is embarrassing for him. Um, he's being forced to say uh, in one game that's a good ref- decision and in another game that's a bad decision. Um, and we talk about consistency. Dermot was forced this morning to talk about the only consistency you can really ask for mm. is for one referee to referee that individual game consistency consistently. You can't expect it over two, uh, you know, parallel matches. <laughs> it's just it's a, brilliant, it, it? It, embarrassing position to put the poor man in. 
Uh, if it's not Nuno, M- Michael Beale apparently is on the shortlist yeah, for QPR a very good manager. Job. QPR be because about. he speaks Portuguese, having oh, spent really? time oh, okay. at San Paulo. That shouldn't um, be the It's interesting, isn't it? A manager's got to get a job in Wolverhampton because he speaks Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, Tim Vickery always says to us, when he meets Portuguese people, he can't understand a word they're saying. So no. it's a Brazilian Portuguese he speaks. Mm. So we're going to have all these Portuguese players saying, what the heck's he talking about? <laughs> Can we get a translator? Anyway, that's the music from the Oscars. We play that when the producers had enough of talking about one game. We have got one more to squeeze in. This game almost... So the music will start very soon, I imagine. <laughs> it will. This almost made the barrel, Leicester. Nil, oh. Palace nil. A dog with fleas, really. Certainly was for James Madison. I don't know if he was slightly spooked by the fact... Yeah, by Southgate. That Southgate, where mm. Gareth Southgate was in the stand. But, uh, yeah, the, the dive at the end, Danny, I know you enjoyed that. Yeah, well... Um... I suppose a bit like Cristiano Ronaldo with the free kick the way the the officiating is at the moment you might as well have a go what's the worst you're going to get is a yellow card but you might easily you might easily someone either the referee or the VAR might decide it is actually a penalty so have a go they're encouraged to do it, it aren't it they? It was a poor one. The thing is, it was his fifth booking, so he get, he's, he's not going to get a game midweek. It could be another night at the casino, who knows? Yeah, and uh, my main takeaway from this game was the bloke next to Patrick Vieira with an iPad who must have been tempted to watch Netflix. I think he probably was. Yeah. He was probably catching up on a box set. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Yeah, we're going to squeeze in some clips of the week. Pewter dusted down those old mini discs once again. We've not heard these since 2010, May, June 2010, mm. around sort of building up to the World Cup, around the start of the World Cup. And are you going to kick us off? Yeah, we kick off with Bobby Gould at the 2010 World Cup, getting ready to commentate on a Nigeria side which featured Everton striker Yakubu. 
Yakuba, well, his season's been start, stop, go, stop, go last season for, for Everton with the amount of injuries. He's got to start putting himself about and the reputation that he's got as being the goal scorer, hopefully, hopefully, he can uh, set himself alight this afternoon. Blimey, I hope not. <laughs> I think if he had, we would have remembered that yeah, story yeah. from that World Cup. <laughs> uh, sticking with the World Cup, here's a call having his say on who England should pick. Graham, who would you have in, in goal, number one? Who would be in goal for you? Oh, it'd have to be David James. I met him out in Paris, actually. He's a top yeah. bloke. Oh, yeah, that's that a good enough reason, reason yeah. yeah. Lovely bloke, bought me a pint, so he's definitely got a start. Yeah. Yeah. This is Mike Parry, also in South Africa. But it is a poetic country, this. You've got to remember, Rudyard Kipling was born not, let me just work this out, not two and a half thousand miles from here, actually. OK, just down the road, then. Turn Rudyard. left at the lights. Not Rudyard Hullet. <laughs> Rudyard. Um, away from the football, here's the caller to Mike Graham. Well, the problem is, Mike, that the five years behind all the other kids, mm. and we're, we're, we're bringing up generation after generation of sublet sublet uh, use. If you're going to get a word wrong, <laughs> yeah. probably that's not the best one. <laughs> not is it, really, really, no. <laughs> Back to South Africa and Mike Parry and Alvin Martin having a bit of a disagreement. Very unusual to have two Welshmen disagreeing with each other. Uh, well, I wouldn't know about that, uh, Alvin. If you start going on about that again, mate, I'm going to, you know, you're going to get right, the old... Right, mate, don't get all touchy over it. Know, it was only a get, joke. It was only get, a joke, mate. you get the frozen shoulder treatment, mate. What is that? Was he a physio, then? He's going to manipulate it. Uh, over to the lines now, and a caller to Keith Arthur on Fisherman's Blues. I reckon report I had uh, last Friday, uh, not... Yesterday, but the Friday before, I had four cracking brownies out. Why aren't the sewage companies being <laughs> fined for that, really? <laughs> Poor fella. <laughs> One more from Mr Parry with a com- competition. We've got our five contestants ready to take on the five film scores, OK? What you have to do is you have to get everyone right. So if you're the first contestant, you've got to get all five right to get to the end and be today's winner. That's the toughest job in the world, being the first contestant in this competition, OK? Not sure about that. I think it is really. Bear a great deal of (laughs) scrutiny, does it? Back to the World Cup again and your match commentator, Graham Beecroft, with news of a surprise goal. Ball doesn't go out of play over on the far side. It's well kept in by South Korea. They might have something on here. On the break, they've got players forward, right and left. Great ball in. Chance here for South Korea. And they've missed. Well, what a chance that was, which went begging. What an opportunity for the number 14. Was it... Keown, Keown, who missed the target. Big oh, Martin, Martin. <laughs> playing for South Korea. Bit of a ringer. That's, that's poor, isn't it? It is. What's next, Andy? Uh, now, of course, one of the biggest talking points of that World Cup was the Vuvuzela. You could hear it in the background of that clip from Beaky. Here's Alan discussing the noise they made. Jim and Dundee, a Man United fan. Al, I'm now, now, uh, I'm now not watching most matches. These Vuvuzelas. Uh, Vuvuvelas. Vuvuvelas. And then he's guest Dr. Hilary Jones had a go at it as well. It's a pretty uh, monotonous drone, isn't it? It's quite a loud one. If you happen to be standing in front of somebody uh, with a Vuvuzela. They're in Venezuela all of a sudden, aren't they? And finally, Andy. And finally, staying with Alan and Ronnie Arani. Here they are talking to a top guest. If only they'd just say who. Let's have a good morning. Delighted to welcome Australian coach uh, Pim Verbeek. Pim, good morning. Morning, Pim. Good morning. Hiya, Pim. How are you, Pim? Uh, injury problems, everything okay there, Pim? Of course, your goalkeeper's been excellent as well, Mark Schwarzer. What a good season he's had with Fulham, Pim. Pim, what about, uh, tell us now, Harry Kuhl, you know, we, lo- we loved Harry when he was 100% fully fit. Yeah, Pim, you're right there, the Socceroos, the spirit has always been fantastic. Pim, what about, now just finally, uh, Group D, uh, Ghana, Serbia and Germany. It's a tricky group pair, Pim. And Pim, just finally, sorry, uh, 
Uh, congratulations. I think um, Australia now, I think they're ranked number 14 in the world, and that's the highest ever, Pim. So well done. Yeah, well done to yourself. Well done. Brilliant, Pim. Enjoy the World Cup. Have a successful one, Pim. Thank you. Cheers, Pim. Thank you, and enjoy it. You enjoy it also, eh? Thank you, we will. Lovely. Pim Verbeek there, the Australian coach. Um, just give you a little bit of idea of who Pim is, because a lot of you might not know. <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah. we do now. Oh, you do like a Pim's, don't you? It was well, Pim's time, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> there we are. Uh, a few more clips of the week, Pewter from 2010. We'll dust a few more off next week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> Well, you don't need telling what that is. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's from the album Two Rye A uh, that Dexys made 40 years ago, but Kevin Rowland and members of the band have revisited it uh, and remixed it. And uh, we now have Two Rye A as it should have sounded. I'm very pleased to say Kevin joins us in the studio. Good to see you, Kevin. Likewise. Thanks very much for having me. You're a big talk sport listener, you were telling mm. us. I am. I am. I was coming into Virgin Radio the other week mm. and I said, oh, can I come around this way? Because I wanted to walk through and I, <laughs> I saw you guys broadcasting and I saw uh, Andy Goldstein. And yeah. Wow. Like, oh, there's some stuff. Yeah, I was well, you're a big Wolves group. fan and we'll, we'll come yeah, on there. Sure. Your days as a Wolves fan. But yeah. it's, it's interesting, this, because obviously it was a huge hit album for you with a couple of massive singles that came off of it. But you were never completely happy with the way it sounded. Is that right? I was happy with... Um, a couple of the tracks, Eileen came out great and mm. one or two others came out well, but generally it just sounded a bit tinny and it had a bit sort of too much, uh, believe it or not, Radio 1 was mono then on the medium wave, so a lot of people used to mix very hard to make it try and cut through mm. and um, and that can be good, but a whole album like that was too much and uh, a lot of the subtleties and the dynamics weren't coming through, so I was always a bit slightly uncomfortable about it, a bit embarrassed about it. So um, <laughs> the opportunity came to, to remix it, so I grabbed it, you know. Yeah. What was it like going back in there and sort of revisiting all, all the tracks after all those years? It was, I mean, Pete Schweer, who did an amazing job, a producer and mixer, he did all the sort of pre-work, getting all the tapes sorted out and digitalising them and all of that stuff, which was a lot of work. And then he got it presentable to send to us. And to be honest, it was emotional to be listening to it, mm. you know, because first of all, I was like half dancing around the room. It was like... <laughs> you know, buzzing with it. And then I thought, wow, this is just how it should have sounded. Yeah. And that's when I knew the title sh as it should have sounded, you know. It brought you a level of fame, mm. I mean, that song especially. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you feel about it at the time? I mean, oh. difficult to deal with? Or? Uh, initially, I absolutely loved it. It was just like, um, because the band had been near to breaking up, a couple of members had left, the record company were close to dropping us, the last two singles had flopped. So when that happened, we were like vindicated. Mm. Um you know, and it was great. Uh, and I really enjoyed the whole, that summer, the whole pop thing. And, you know, it was so easy. Then we started touring everywhere. We get a band together. We started touring America. And that was, a, you know, it was, what I found hard was like, you do interviews like all day long. They literally had you doing an interview while you're having your breakfast. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and then you do a gig. Yeah. So I found all that a bit gruelling, really. And there yeah. was, there was 11 in the band. And to sort of, you know, to really do well in America, you've got a to tour and tour, but with 11 people, you, you can't really do that. No. 
anyway. But it was all good. It, I'm I mean, grateful. It, it, it must be a great feeling, though. You know, people, yeah. songwriters, they can spend their whole career, but to to make it, to produce a, a song, that particular song, if you mm. like, that that always wants to get people up to dance, that's still, you know, 40 years on, people still love, must be a great feeling. It's a great feeling, and, and I'm grateful for it. At the same time, I feel there's one or two others that we probably could have done better you mm. know uh, given different circumstances but overall i'm very i'm very grateful for it and uh not really conscious of it you know it's not it's hard for me to sort of see it because if i go anywhere and it's played the people that they're looking at me to see how i react. what they want you to do i, mean, I don't know what they yeah. want me to do but they stare at me i yeah. went to a funeral once oh, no. and someone put it on yeah. and they're looking at me you know yeah but, you join in <laughs> but you know you're sort of too embarrassed all the eyes are on you but anyway once one night i went out with a friend and she said to me do you mind if we just pop into our works do and it was it was a just before christmas and um nobody knew i'm gonna be there or even knew me probably but anyway yeah. as i walked in it just started playing so it was quite interesting to sit on the side of the stand on the side of the dance floor yeah. and just watch everybody that was great. You've never had one of those Jeff Hurst moments because Jeff always tells this story where he was at a do and they were talking about the World Cup final and the lady at the table next to him at this dinner and she said, can you remember when you were when England won the World Cup? <laughs> I just wondered if... This <laughs> is great, isn't it? Be, I just uh, wondered if you've... Ever, I was there, actually. Oh, what, 66? I bumped in. Wow. 66, wow, yeah, entrance wait. F, yes. Entrance wow. F? Yeah, it was possible. If There's like a crisscross gate. Remember them crisscross yeah, gates? Yeah, yeah. If enough of you pulled it, and we did, you, you know, and you're like us 12, you could just, if you could get your head in, we're all skinny, the rest of you's wow. in. Yeah. Wow. Because you what? were local or when you lived, you Carol, moved down about to two London. miles away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Nobody oh, knew that. It's a good bit of truth. But yeah. I just wondered if anybody, you've ever been anywhere and you've had to say, well, it's come on in a pub or something, you go, this is me, or someone says, that's him. Why I mean, I just wonder. <laughs> just, it would be I very felt, strange. I felt it? like it. I was, <laughs> at, I, I was at a do in America once, and this do, and, and um, nothing to do with music, completely different. And there was this tribute band. Yeah. And they went, I'm just about it. This is my favourite song from the 80s. And I thought, I had a feeling he was going to play Eileen, and he did. <laughs> I felt like going up to me, that's me. Oh. But I resisted. What? We also uh, got to sing we it on top of apologize. the pops. Can we apologise to Kevin for this? Yeah. On top of the pops? Now. Uh, you many, many money years ago, sure. <laughs> I'm sure if you if you look up, you'll see a, a, probably a small, come on England, no? small, yeah, yeah, that's it, a small check yeah. dropped through the door for Come on England. We're it. going to remind the listeners we were it got to number two. two we ended yeah. up on top, we of, did the top pops. of the pops with Mickey Quinn and everybody Why else. Did I, miss that? This, I think can we bring you a bit of that? We got something. There we go. Sorry, Kevin. Do you know what? I got stick for this from some of my family. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Oh, I, of course, they're Irish. Irish. Yeah, yeah, of course they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, true. yeah, yeah. But, you know, thanks for the chat. Should have been, yeah. <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> now, a um, couple of things before we come on to Wolves. The other thing you just got to nail, we are a sports station, and you're probably sick of talking about it, but let's nail it for those that don't know. Uh, when you did Jackie Wilson said on top of the pops, mm-hmm. big backdrop of uh, dance legend Jockey Wilson, yeah. and there's all these <laughs> stories suggesting that it was some... Under manager, floor manager at the BBC. I, I think I do know the actual truth, but tell us, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, uh, I was starting to get a little bit bored of the endless promotion trail, and I was looking for ways to amuse myself. We always called, we had pet names for our songs, and obviously that one was Jockey Wilson. And something's in rehearsal, I go, Jockey Wilson. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just thought I'd have a laugh. And I asked the guy, I said, Any chance you could put a picture up of Jockey Wilson at the back of the stage? <laughs> and he said, um, Oh, people are going to think it's a mistake. I said, only them with no sense of humour. He went, all right then. And he did it. I just 
was I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. But it came out afterwards. People were saying, "Oh, you know, Kevin Rowland claims it was intentional." So there was eleven in the band, as if not one of us <laughs> walking on the stage like, yeah. wouldn't notice a twenty-four <laughs> yeah. picture of a dance floor. You know. Just take that down. Can we yeah, reshoot yeah. that? Oh, well. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've nailed that. Yeah. But as, as you were saying, you moved down to to, to Northwest London, but yeah. you're, you're Wolverhampton. Uh, Wolves fan, aren't you? I am a Wolves fan, mm. and I was there. Luckily, my brother Pete, God rest him, he took me to the couple of the parades, like '59 and '60, when I was six or seven. So I was, but even then, we moved to London when I was just eleven, and I wasn't completely locked into being to a Wolves fan. You know, I thought maybe I'll support a London club. I wasn't. I was quite open to it, but I arrived there with a broad Wolverhampton accent. I was talking like that, mate, <laughs> and uh, I got hell. So I had to be a Cockney really quick, but I thought, I'm not going to support your football teams. I'm sticking to Wolves. So that was that's, that's good. what wow. I did. And it's, that couldn't have been easy, say, being the only being the only Wolves fan in the school. Yeah. yeah. Difficult. Yeah, yeah there they weren't any around because yeah. um, they were in, uh, they went down 64 mm. when I was about 11 and uh, they stayed down for a couple of years. And I remember I got stick because Stan Cullis got the sack in 64. Yeah. And these older kids went, you're from Wolverhampton, didn't you? I went, yeah. They went, they sacked Stan Cullis, didn't they? Bang. Really? Any, <laughs> any excuse? <laughs> Blimey. I'm going to the headmaster with that. And you, Derek Dugan was your favourite player. Oh, he was. Yeah, he yeah, was. I think he was just like, uh, he was an incredible player. He he was loved in Wolverhampton. He was a people's sort of player. You know, yeah. He really was. And he loved the town. Um he was a brilliant pundit as well. Yeah, he, he was, was great, great on TV. Yeah, very, oh, I very think good. he was a good man as well, mm. you know, because the title of his autobiography was The Sash I Never Wore. So, you know, he, he grew up in sectarian Belfast, I yeah. believe, and he and he just wasn't having any of that, you know. Yeah. Um, you are doing some, you're not doing gigs around it, but you're doing some Q&As around the, the re-release of Two Rye. Yeah, yeah. The, the, re-issue, the remix, yeah. yeah. We're doing um, uh, a couple of signings and stuff tomorrow in Brighton at six o'clock begins with an R the name of the shop I can't remember it uh, six o'clock I think and um, you at the Albert Hall later this week is that the right? Albert Hall on on uh, Thursday evening it's like a listening party Q and A yeah and I think we're doing rough trade in Brick Lane on Wednesday at lunchtime I think excellent lovely and uh, we all enjoyed you at the uh, at closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games. Oh, that, that looked that was a that was you must have been a great buzz doing that. It Going went back really well. That, yeah. It went really. I was great. Yeah. We're grateful to Birmingham for everything it gave us. You know, there's some uh, some lot of live stuff on the on the on the remixed album as well, isn't there? Which there is, is. There is. We did a show in '82 uh, at the Shaftesbury Theatre just after the album had come out, and it, yeah. it did come out at the time, but it's mixed way better now. We've yeah. remixed that. It's, it's well, I was good. I was listening on the way and yeah. on 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 Spotify. I'm really enjoying. Yeah. It. So um, go and check it out. Uh, Two Rye as it should have sounded. Uh, Kevin Rowland Dexies, and I'll tell you what, we will play out with uh, with a bit of not come on England with uh, <laughs> with Jackie right. Wilson said the, <laughs> the remix version. Good to see you, Kevin. Thanks Bless for coming you. in. Thanks so much. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll be doing it all again tomorrow with Charlie. Andy, you're back on Wednesday. That's correct. Plenty of live football to build up to tomorrow, of course. Lots of fine guests joining us. Do hope you can join us on one. If not, 
Podcast available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.